thank you so much this afternoon. Falling in love with you is the best thing that ever happened to us. But far above it is your love for us. It has no limits. It has no boundaries. Thank you for your reckless love that you shower on us daily. This afternoon, we ask that you speak to us. We pray for guidance and wisdom in the matters of the heart. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We ask that your word will bring healing. Your word will bring strength. Your word will bring direction. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this atmosphere. Have your way in us. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. For a few minutes, we are just going to walk through a few passages, have a little discussion. If we have any questions, we'll take it and then go home. Amen. And I declare that there shall be no misery in your house. There shall be no sadness in your life. I, de- I, I, I command you by the spirit that is in this house and upon your life that you will never wallow in misery again. That love, you will not be afraid of love. You will not be fearful of it. Neither would you misuse it. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, the two scriptures we read, we read Proverbs 4.23. I read it from the Passion Translation. I wanted to read the Passion Translation because I thought we are talking about love, so why not the Passion? You get it? I mean, there was no, there was no deep, there was no deep, you know. But when I read it also, I thought, yes, that is what we need. Now, when you read the King James and New King James, it says, guard your heart, you know. But now it says that, Above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect, Proverbs 4, 23, they affect all that you do. (laughs) It means that, it's saying guard affections, it means that whatever your heart is into, guard it. Because whether you like it, it's going to affect everything about you. And it says that pay attention to the welfare. It means pay attention to the well-being of your innermost part. For from there flows the wellspring of life. The King James says that for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. It means that out of that heart, your life is defined. Yeah. That is why... From a certain age, you say that I want to become a doctor, I want to become a nurse, I want to become, you understand, because that's where, out of the affections, out of, that is where your whole being becomes, you understand, it's there, it's in there that you decide, I want a tall man, I want a short man, I want a short guy, I want a fat guy, I want a skin guy, I want a big guy, I want a, uh, you know, yesterday my daughter was giving me an update, apparently the season for extra skinny has come back in. I said, what if we enjoyed, what if we enjoyed the one a few years ago when they said they wanted basti, 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 
and then we went to do operations, injections, and we got past it. Now, how do we undo, undo, undo to get back? <laughs> and the reason why scripture is telling us that we should guard our heart, we should guard the affections that, you know, are in there, is because of what Jeremiah 17 says. It says that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And you know, sometimes you do some bad things, you're even surprised at yourself. You didn't even know you had it in you. To lie to four or five girls at the same time, you didn't even know you had it in you. You didn't even know that that anointing was upon you. I mean, you look at her. She has caught you with a, this is, oh, that's my cousin. That's cousin Jenny. <laughs> the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. So this heart that's supposed to define my whole world, that is supposed to direct me. It is also telling me that, that what it's talking about is that our human heart in its natural state is some way. The human heart on its own is not reliable. You, can, you yourself, I do shock sometimes. Sometimes you have to catch yourself. It's like, no, 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 we are not going that far. We are not going that far. We are not going that far. It says that, and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is? But the sense is, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Which means that the, your, the state of your heart will reward you. See, this afternoon, we are just trying to discuss matters of the heart. You know, people said commitment, sacrifice, service, love is, yeah, love is there. Those are technical answers. <laughs> no. You think because you're in church, if you were not in church, if I met you at a party and I say I love you, would you be thinking about sacrifice? You see, <coughs> yeah, yes, service to God. Yeah, 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 yeah what do you call it? Yeah, yeah. You can't mess up with us. Those your prepared answers don't work here, not this afternoon. Have you, can you imagine that somebody has connected somebody and say, my love is really deep. Then you are thinking of commitment and then you are thinking sacrifice. You are thinking... <laughs> giving, giving, giving. <laughs> you see, and what is scary about it is that it says that it is the most deceitful. Because many things are deceitful. Money is deceitful. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? They, I mean, beauty is deceitful. But it's saying that the human heart is the most deceitful. Above money, above the heart is the most deceitful. Whether Christian or non-Christian. Unless we allow God to wait and we allow God to do what he's got to do. But we are talking about the natural heart of a man. That is why a child, before they are even three or four, know when to lie. They are deceitful before they even understand the word. Oh, you don't get it? I didn't take it. It wasn't me. He hit me first. He touched me. Yeah, my, my grandchildren. The one who misbehaves is the one who comes crying. 
So when you see the one who's crying, that's the one who has done something wrong. Because they've realized that crying is a sign that you won't get into trouble. And nobody has even yet explained to them. That's their days of innocence. Even in their days of innocence. How much more those of us who have managed to walk through life a little bit. And we have learned how to be deceitful. We have experienced deceit. We have given, dished out deceit. (laughs) You don't get it. It's like currency. (laughs) You're paid what you pay. I was looking at the dictionary and it says that to be deceitful is the practice, of course, of deceiving people. Yeah. It says by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. It also means practicing falsehood. It also means dishonest. It also means misleading purposefully. So deceit is not just falsehood. It's not just being misleading. It's doing it on purpose. And the scripture is saying that the heart is the one that is the most deceitful. Which means that then we have to sort it out. Or you don't get what I'm saying. If something can cause that much trouble, you can't ignore it. Yeah. You see, what we don't realize is that some of our earlier relationships we we went into, we just walked into them. We didn't, we didn't even weigh. We didn't weigh even our motive or the person's motive. We, didn't, we just walked into it. We didn't, you see, for some of us, if we had even read this scripture before that last relationship, you would have known that everything they were telling was a lie. Yeah. When it says the heart of... And I, the reason why I read the NLT is because if, they, if you read King James, it says the heart of mine. It says it's men, their heart. It's not only men. In fact, I always say that, I say that the women, eh, by the grace of God, haven't you seen what, that's why when women cheat, the men don't catch them. Oh. Some of us, if we can understand how our heart functions, our marriages will be better. Our relationship with our parents will be better. Our relationship with our children will be better. Our relationship with our siblings. Even just, even at work, you, because you understand that that person sitting in the ne- on the next desk, they have a stony heart, a hard heart. You understand? Yes. So even their niceness does not necessarily mean they're nice. You see, that's why sometimes, Reverend Sam, sometimes some of these our innocent Christian brothers, they fall into big trouble. Because when the person, how are you? You say, oh, that is a godly sister. That is how they get slain. In fact, church history will teach you that most pastors who are slain, do you understand slain? Today is Sunday, I have to use, you know, biblical words. If you want non-biblical words, come for Ignite. <laughs> but as for behind the pulpit, we we'll, we'll, we'll use words in scripture. It's because of the deceptiveness. Because of the deceptiveness. Because if they appear godly, then we assume they are godly. But they may appear godly, but their heart is still...
when we, for the purposes of our conversation this afternoon, when we talk about the heart, we are talking about the innermost part of our being. The innermost part of our being. We're talking about the center of our thought and emotion. And when I say the center of our thought and emotion, it's because everything that the mind is thinking about, when it is fully formed, it journeys, makes a journey into the heart. And that is where it abides and rests. Do you understand? So the fully formed thought does not stay here. It rests here. That is why for you to act upon something is in your heart. I always say that we don't react to a fleeting thought. We react to a settled thought. Yeah. When a brother has determined that this girl, I will get her, it is resting in his heart. <laughs> no matter what it is. You see, that's why sometimes when I hear she say that, it doesn't matter what I say, he won't, he's still bothering me. When I told him he shouldn't call me again, he'll still call. He'll make his friend call. When I say I don't want anything again, he's still buying me things. You see, what you don't understand is that it's a settled plan. That is resting in his heart. It also means our emotional or moral nature, which is very different from the intellectual aspect of us, where the mind possesses it. What are we talking about? So we are talking about our passion, our compassion, our feeling. It's out of the heart, do you understand, that we feel broken. We feel love. We feel, ugh, we feel, do you get it? Goosebumps, not goosebumps. Yeah. See, what you don't realize is that many things bring goosebumps, even cold weather. Our innermost character, our most vital part. When you look at even some of these definitions, you come to realize that the heart is in a very far place. Do you get what I'm saying? The heart is in a very deep place. And that is why you have to be careful because once something gets in there, it's not easy to get it out of there. Haven't you realized that how many times you said, I'm over here, I'm over him, and you're not? I don't talk to him. Now I've moved on. I've moved on. Then you come back, we have decided to come back together. <laughs> I, we have managed to sort out our differences. <laughs> we are happy now. We are happy now. We have matured. We have, we have worked out our... Don't, don't just allow things to drop into your heart. Don't. Sometimes you think it's a joke and then before you know it, it causes trouble for you. Today, Dr. Koto is going to explain things to me because uh, biology was not one of my strong points. So obviously medicine is not one of my strong points. I couldn't even draw a frog. Uh, when, when I was in high school, my best friend, who was also my uh, boarding house mate, it's funny, but the two of us were so extreme. She was very tall and I was very short. It's like the movie, the Vinnie. <laughs> <laughs> twins, 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 twins. 
and uh, yeah, and she she really liked biology. In fact, she's a bio whatever somewhere in the Washington place. And so the agreement was that you take biology, and I'll take math because I could see her math was in Adam. <laughs> so sometimes what she do is that she would draw the frog that we know is going to be one of the examples. She draw the frog. They should get tracing paper. Do they still use tracing paper? Then I have to put the tracing paper over the frog. Then, because I can also memorize things. So if I put a tracing paper and I do it like that, when I get to the exam room, I recollect the tracing paper and then I just go like that. that. If anybody shakes me, the whole frog will change. <laughs> so even though they put a fiscal frog there, to draw, you know, like you're supposed to look at it and draw and label it. Isn't that, well, yeah, draw and label. I don't need to look at it. <laughs> I just need to picture it. If it's a different frog, I'm in trouble. <laughs> look at you, you're laughing at me. You, how many subjects did you struggle with? <laughs> Chemistry. Eesh. The function of the physical heart I want us to mirror the physical heart with this inner heart. They say that it is the muscle at the center of our circulatory system. True, brother? This one, anything that you have to say, say it. You are allowed to say, excuse me, Reverend. I know you're my pastor, but actually that is not. <laughs> the circul- pumping blood around the body. This blood sends oxygen and nutrients to all parts of the body and carries away all the unwanted carbon dioxide and waste. And um, the biology I've had to read the last few days because of this thing. (laughs) Yeah. It says that four main functions of the heart is to pump oxygenated blood to the mind, to the brain, and other parts of the body. It's to pump hormones. I didn't even know that and either vital substances to different parts. Is it true? I'm true, I'm true, okay. You, you two didn't do, you two are saying it's true. Let's focus on those who, when they say it's true, we know it's true. <laughs> Receiving the oxygenated blood and carrying the waste products from the body and pumping it to the lungs for it to be oxygenated again. And then one of the main things I saw, it says that it maintains our blood pressure. Did you know that? The heart maintains our blood. And when I saw that, I said, hey, it means that this inner part of us has to maintain a balance in our life. Have you seen how when your heart is not in a good state your whole life, some of us won't eat when we have broken heart. We, won't, we, won't, we can't do the imbalance. If they take your inner heart pressure, it will be 160 over 200. In the same way, this heart within is the one that will circulate all positive emotions or negative emotions. They're going. Do you get it? So if the heart, if you don't, if the heart is not functioning well, can you imagine? The, the negative emotions are not purified. And then they go into the brain. They go into every part of you. And you become a very negative person. Have you hung around negative people before? Even if you are not depressed, they'll cause you to be depressed. It's a, you, before you leave them, you're also depressed. You, you don't even know what you're depressed about, but you come to realize that life is very depressing. Yeah. 
it triggers the action that we take. Our inner heart, it triggers the action that we take. Yeah. When somebody slaps somebody, <laughs> that slap came from a certain place. When somebody hugs somebody, that hug came from a certain place. That is why, you see, sometimes parents, when they are, they are waiting, they don't know what to do, then they'll just smack their child. They're smacking is just because <laughs> they themselves, they have their imbalance. <laughs> yeah. My prayer for us is that we will take care of the heart so that it will always be in good condition. So that we will have a balanced, see, when your heart is balanced, your life is balanced. You're not extreme. The reason why some people, when you go into a relationship with them, that's the end of your world. Every five minutes they'll call you. Every two minutes, where are you? Kind of day. You didn't call me. You didn't hug me. You didn't send me. You didn't there. You only there. You didn't there. It's their imbalance. That is what will make us so needy. Just as the physical heart can be in a good condition or can be deceased. So is our inner. Yeah. Hey, Reverend, I saw um, heart diseases. Plenty. Me, I thought it was heart attack, heart failure, cardiac arrest. Hey, they... Reverend Williams, they use names. So, myocarditis. What is that? What does that mean? Please give Dr. David. You don't know it. You don't know it. So don't act like you know it. You don't know it. You don't know it. Well, I, I, one of it is the inflaming of the outer heart, isn't it? One of it is the... Atrice, just now I can do biology. If you bring, bring, please give uh, Dr. David the microphone so that he will explain to all those around. All the items, bring it to, uh, just give it to us in English, please. <laughs> One of the things you realize is that a lot of the time, the diseases of the heart, you don't see it coming on, isn't it? They said they had a sudden. Where is the microphone for him? You and I, we didn't go to medical school. Let's find one of the doctors who explained to us too. Unless you're my mother. My mother, she was a doctor, she was a nurse, she was a pharmacist, she was a she was everything. Yeah, when you say you have headaches, she'll give you antibiotics, she'll give you vitamin C, vitamin B. Sorry. One of it will cure you. <laughs> I pray she's not watching, but she has how she knows that is true. Yeah. The cocktail of drugs that will be given to you, one of them will heal you. Yeah, doctor. Thank God we are still alive. Dr. Koto, please tell us what are some of the diseases of the heart. So the heart is, like you said, um, like I said, please say that. Did you hear? He said, like I said, like I said, like I said, like I said, yeah. So it's a major organ in the body, and there are various parts. Um, so you can have pathologies. Yeah. It has involving. the upper and the lower. Yeah, yeah. so there are half chambers, and, half. and then there are walls. Yeah. So in relation to the walls, like you were mentioning, there's the inner part, the middle. So it's related to the muscles um, just around the heart. So you can have endocarditis. Um, myocarditis, like you mentioned. What are um, the pericarditis? Pericarditis, the outer. <laughs> Forever, you are truly on God. 
us. <laughs> uh, yeah, explain to us. And then you also talked about um, some conditions that cause sudden death without any symptoms. Yeah. So there are conditions like the dilated cardiomyopathies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a difficult to explain, yeah. <laughs> but you remember there was a footballer who passed on yeah. during the match, mm -hmm. yeah. So sometimes some even genetic conditions run through families and then it can lead to sudden death in people. And then wow. the common ones, like you mentioned, heart attacks, um, what we commonly call um, myocardial infarction. <laughs> so yeah, they are numerous, even in children, congenital Which one is angina? So angina, yeah. Angina, which yeah. one is that? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. Which one is that? So, um, how do I explain it? Chest pain. Chest pain. Yeah. The tightening yeah. of so the chest. When there isn't enough oxygen, I think, to various parts of the heart, you can develop. I spent this few minutes to tell you that this heart, which is in there, which is compact with, has complex things about it. And when things are going bad, you may not know till it is bad. And am I right in saying that some of the diseases, once they are triggered, they never fully recover? Please speak. Oh, yes, very, very true. Most of them are not, of course, um, technology is working, but most of the time it's progressive. So we just Progress try and It gets worse control, and worse yeah, and worse. Just slow the progression. Tell somebody by you that don't take your heart. You know, don't joke around with your heart. Tell them. Some of us, we have been throwing our heart in different places. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It says that it progressively gets worse. Haven't you realized that when you calculate the one or 200 relationships you've had, you've realized that the relationships have gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Which means that we can also have a healthy heart or a diseased heart. Yeah. Philippians 4, I'm going to read the Passion. I'll read from verse 4 to 8. Show us a few things there. And then, if you have a question, please write it. We'll talk about it. And but send them to me. We'll pick some. What we'll do is that, what we'll do is that we'll answer a few next week. We'll answer a few the last Sunday in February, we'll actually have so far here. We'll sit down, we'll have discussion. How many of you think it's important to have discussion? This kind of heart matters that is progressive and is it is here, it is there, it is there. Let me read Philippians 4, 4 to 8 from the Passion. It says that, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Somebody will say, is that possible? When you read the New Testament, you realize that Jesus didn't say if you like. He, it was an, a command to be cheerful. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For your Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer Throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. 
Tell him every detail of your life. The Bible says the arm of flesh will fail you. The places that you go and have your discussion, go and share. Haven't you realized when you were in a deep relationship and you gave some conversations? I'm sorry, you broke up. That conversation was on Twitter and on this, on that, on that, on that. If there's somebody you want to give detailed information to, go and give it to God. Because sometimes in the moment of the goosebumps, you just feel so, um, what does someone say? In his arms, I feel protected. There's no place I'd rather, rather be. Then you open your mouth and then you just talk and talk. Yeah, and talk. Actually, my mother, you know, the first one of us is not actually my father's child. The second one, actually, it was only when we were 13 that we found out that actually it was my uncle that had the first one. When he breaks up with you or when she breaks up with you, she will be pointing and say, hey, this family, crazy, crazy, crazy family. Verse 7, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed. Remember that I said that when thoughts are fully formed, where do they go? Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. That is the thing. We're too fake. We're too fake. Yesterday, my daughter was... You know, she was asking about a couple of things. Then she was asking about a couple that had some issues. She said, Mommy, do they still have issues? I said, What's your mother? She said, Mommy, hey, but they were always in the same color, the same. Hey. I said, She said, hey, Do you know what? I like the way you and Daddy are. You are very real. <laughs> I said, What do you mean by that, Mommy? What do you, what do you mean? See, you know, because remember when we went there and then she had put her head on his shoulder and then he had put it. I said, I mean, if you put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> You see, because the scripture, <laughs> you can pray for Reverend. It's like, hey, Reverend, what are you going through in this? <laughs> it says that keep your thoughts continually fixed. Be authentic, be real, be honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful. Not that if you switch the phone off and it doesn't go off properly, we listen to the conversation. Will hear you, you wizard, you witch, you. You see, some, some of those even insults, it's a reflection on you. Because you married a witch. At least I'm a witch, but you came to marry a witch. So when you're telling, you're telling your husband, he, you're a wizard, but you're the wife of a wizard. I don't know which one is worse. The wizard or the one who went of their way to go and be one, and says that the two shall be one. Pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Put into practice. Tell somebody, put this into practice. Yeah. I pray that as we go through this, we are not going to be able to go through this, but at some point, how many of you think that we should finish this matters of the heart one day? <laughs> put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life. And the God of peace will be with you in all. Which tells me that a lot of the mess in our hearts and the concept we have about love and relationship was brought on as you grew up. Paul is saying that as you have seen of me, as you have heard of me, as you have watched me. So some of us, you see, anybody who was born in the 60s, 70s, 
You know the fact that our parents didn't show us a good example of love. A good example of love at all. At all. I mean, some of us, God rest my father's soul. Some of us were more interested in all their girlfriends. Yeah. And sometimes I, I look, I say that the, the wives of those days cannot be of today. Because the man is gone for however many days. Comes back with one child. Goes. Comes back with another child. Goes. Comes back with another child. Goes. Comes back with another that's my home. <laughs> and if that is an example, you see, you never see your father hug your mother. You never see your father and mother in any loving embrace. That it can define you. Can define you. You yourself as a child, never did you hear your parent tell you, my daughter, I love you. My son, I love you. It becomes difficult for you to, to look at your child and tell them, look, it's embarrassing, it's complicated, it's uncomfortable. It's... May we not follow that example. Because we will grow up with a defect. And then we pass it on. We pass it on. I remember when my sister and I took a decision that we are going to force my mother to learn how to say I love you. How? Because every action she took all through her life showed that there was a lot of love. The level of sacrifice was love. The extent to which she would go to make sure everything that needed to be done was done. Everything she had to give, she would give. And she eh, not... But you realize that when, you been, when we started saying to her, we love you. She said, oh. <laughs> now I hear her telling the children, the grandchildren, I love you. I say, hey, look how far we have come. <laughs> what are some of the symptoms of a diseased heart? Broken heart? Discouraged heart? I'm going to read through a few, okay? Say, Lord. Even when you finish go home, you can add 20 or 30 more. A broken heart, a discouraged heart. All of us, at one of them, you know, we've been there before. We are not there now by the grace of God, but we have been there before. Discouraged heart, a proud heart. You see, all those are diseased hearts. A heavy heart when you have a loss. A stony heart when you have become a mean person. A bitter heart. When, you see, do you know how you know whether you have a bitter heart? When the people you once loved, you are hoping that bad things will happen to them. That is coming out of bitterness. You hear that your ex is married. May their marriage not work. A spiteful heart. A heart devoid of desire. As for me, I don't love again. There's something wrong. What do you mean you love again? If God is love and we say that we are his children, then we are made out of love. A locked heart. I'm not allowing anybody in here again. It's not in here. <laughs> A shrinking heart. That's one of the diseases, isn't it? Where the, uh, the, the arteries that go and then there's not, it becomes, then it blocks because it doesn't have. Well, please, keep his, give his right. 
Hey, Reverend, economic economist, where did your where did your biology come from like that? You are too powerful, oh. Eesh, I know. He's dexterous. You, do you know the meaning of dexterous? Yeah. On Friday, we're asking that what is the meaning of a promiscuous person? Hey, Mrs. Clo, she was trying to find some scientific. I said a woman who sleep, a man or a woman who sleeps around. Finish. What is going all over the place like that? She was trying to find some biblical complications. Of it. it wasn't that easier to understand what's promiscuity. <laughs> yes, Doctor David, what's it, what is it when it shrinks? I'm guessing you are, you are referring to atherosclerosis when. Hey. <laughs> If you are not a science student, how did you? Didn't you do GCSE science uh, at least all level? The, ah, no, this one they teach it at basic level. Yes, Doctor David, you can do some tutorials later for them. So basically, when um, yeah, so basically, have fatty deposits within the vessels that transport fatty deposits. Yeah, making it. So Block. it reduces yeah, the lumen of the vessels. And then in some situations, when quite a number of it forms, it can block it and then reduce the flow of yeah. blood. So when you leave a lot of junk in your heart, it blocks it. <laughs> you see how you can open somebody's car boot and then they'll have old McDonald's bag, KFC bag, old uh, the, what a Nando's container, uh, whatever. Yeah. Junk in the heart. Tell somebody, is there any junk in your heart? A damaged heart. An insecure heart. An insecure heart. When you haven't had a lot of... When a certain kind of godly parental love has not been shown to you, you can become very insecure. If people don't tell you you are beautiful, you get nervous. If nobody tells you that your dress is nice, you yourself, you can't see that you're looking good. You need somebody to always affirm. It's insecurity. <laughs> Benedicta, I think you should get a bell from them. <laughs> a dark heart, the one that plots evil. A harsh heart. Yeah. Even when people are saying hello, why are you saying hello? Hey. A heart that is filled with flattery. An insincere heart. Nothing you say is true. You are always pretending. Fake it till you make it. I'm hoping that if I keep saying I love you, one day I love you. A nasty heart. Do you know that sometimes when you are very vulnerable, your nasty self shows up just as your way of keeping people away from you? Nobody's going to come near me. But a healthy heart, based on the scripture we read, soft heart, malleable heart, a pure heart. I see it coming on you. A joyful heart, a clean heart. A tender heart, a healed heart, a forgiving heart. 
Forgiveness is a sign of healthiness. Any relationship that you, there's no forgiveness is ne, is in it shows that somebody's heart is hardened there. A forgiving heart. A heart that can let go. A heart that can just release. A heart that can say it doesn't matter. Listen, if you are not ready to take a level of nonsense, don't go into any relationship. Nonsense is part of relationship. You give nonsense, you take nonsense. You give nonsense, you take nonsense. Oh, you don't get it? A hopeful heart. Those who have hope. The Bible says that hope makes the heart glad, isn't it? When there's hope, you know that things can change. Things can get better. A big heart. A big heart. Some of you, it's just you and your two children, your husband, nobody else. And the cat. Nobody else. Now, you, you, you're not ready to help. You're not ready to care. You're not ready. Now, I think that one of the greatest blessings that we even see in the book of Matthew is the fact that when you care for others, when you care for people that maybe even you don't need to, you have a way of calling God's blessings upon yourself. A secure heart, a content heart. A heart that is filled with light. Because do you know there are hearts that are filled with darkness? They're dark. And all kinds of evil is con- constructed in there. If I get this girl, what I will do to her? May the Lord help us. Next time we're going to talk about how to maintain a healthy heart. But I want to take some of the questions. Why the question? Oh, you're going to read them. We'll take a few, then we'll go home. I think the first question is, it's an interesting one. It says, should I rely on a prophecy I have received about a spouse when I'm choosing? Should I wait for someone who fits the description? I was told that the person is dark-skinned and is in the teaching profession. So should I look out for someone? This one is sorcery. It's sorcery. You to bring your palm. Let me read inside your palm. God, God, God. Sorry. Should I wait for someone who fits the description? I think you should wait on God and pray, and let God give you direction. Do you understand? Because the Bible says we should test and try all. I don't know who gave you this prophecy, and where it was coming from. You know, in in, in scripture you can see that sometimes even the old prophet gave a prophet, but it wasn't from God. Then he gave another prophet and said this one. So you, and I always tell you that when it comes to relationship, it's not about specificity. Hmm. Where's the bell? But it's about direction. And it's about good counsel. And it's about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because I always tell you that if there is one dark, give the description again, dark. Dark skinned. And uh, is in the teaching profession. And the teaching, but if that is the one God has chosen for you, but that person who was that skin was sacked from the teaching profession and had to go into nursing, what do you do? <laughs> and do you know what? When it comes to relationship, when you set your affections on God, your desires will align with God. Which means what you will find attractive is what God will want to give to you. 
Let's go quickly so we can have some questions. So please, this dark type of hands on. All right. How mm. do you heal? There are nice people around here. Is that why you haven't chosen one? Or this yeah, one? The guy who has been saying hello to you, maybe you should think about it and bring him to Pastor Sam and let Pastor Sam vet him. There's also light skin. Uh, they say the person who actually likes you. This is another prophet talking, overriding the other prophet. <laughs> say the guy is dark, light skin. <laughs> All right. How do you heal from your heart being hurt several times? How do you heal? That's what I said we're going to talk about several times. Is this several times by the same person or every kind of relationship you go into, it, 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 it hurts? I, you see? One of the things that I said earlier was the fact that it's good that Reverend spoke to us about our relationship with God. Because as a Christian, your, any move you take must be born out of the wisdom of God that you are carrying. And the Holy Spirit's leading. So this relationship, all of it was flesh, 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 flesh. He was nice. He was dark, tall, and handsome. He was in the teaching profession. He was in the desert. That was how you were picking. And sometimes, based on what we may have gone through life, we become attracted to a certain kind. And sometimes the bad kind, and then it keeps repeating itself. You're either looking for a father figure, or you're looking for something that you think is missing in your life. So there's something that really attracts you, and that kind is always the kind that seems to also take advantage of you. Or, or you have become so insecure that any relationship you go to, after a while, you just drive the person away. It's like... Sorry? Yeah. You know, your insecurity makes you so dependent on people that they just run away from you. Do you understand? So you at a point, and sometimes you don't heal before you go into another relationship. So you go there to recover. The person is your medication to heal. By the time you've taken, like, finished taking the medicine, they have moved on. Do you get it? When you, when you go through a relationship, so a, a bad one, sit still. Don't, you cannot go into another relationship with your brokenness. You are just going to add more trouble to somebody's poor child. Who is minding their business? Now they have to come and carry your brokenness. No, they are carrying their own. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you have had that, stop. Stop. And find you. Locate you. And take care of you. And recover. And then when you yourself now, you have placed value on yourself. And now you have put God first. You next. Because the Bible says that we should love the Lord with all our hearts. Then he says that love your neighbor as yourself. Neighbor is everybody, including boyfriends, girlfriends, parents. He said, he didn't say love your neighbor with all your heart. He said love your neighbor as yourself, which means that if you love yourself up to this level, up to that level, up to, that's the one you are given, and that's the one you are receiving. Do you get what I'm saying? Thank you so much. All right. The next one is how can you distinguish between love and lust? Oh, how can you? Because love is not a feeling. Lust is a feeling. Lust is a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is wisdom. Love is God. Love is one that you walk through, you talk through. Do you understand? Yeah. There's no scripture that says we fall in love. It says we walk in love. Lust, we fall. <laughs> oh, you don't get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Lust, lust is born out it's from a soulish place. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Always you realize that wherever there's lust, there's, it's always associated with sex. Where there's love, sex does not come first. First things first. Do you understand? When you are lusting after somebody, you should know that you are lusting after them. 
And especially for sisters, when somebody is lasting after you, don't feel excited. You should worry and say, what is it about me that when people see me, they want to sleep with me? What am I portraying? What am I showing? Is it how I dress? Is that, what do I do? Do you, do you understand? You want to do sexy, wait till you marry. When you marry, do sexy. Don't marry and do none. And then when you are not married, rather than you do... Next question, please. Next question. All right. Um, this is a very interesting question. It says, how, to, how do I let a brother in the church know that I'm interested? And how can I find out if, uh, Oh, can we hear the rest of the question, please? All the bells are ringing. All the bells are ringing. It's a serious question. So will I. Oh, Prince, you need a microphone because some of these questions we need songs to go with them. Yes, they were shouting. He says, How do I let a brother in the how church do I know? How let a brother in the church know that I'm interested? And how can I find out if they're interested in me? See, the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So you have to make yourself findable. So rather than trying to find techniques to make him locate you or spot you or whatever. You see that the three six that some of you have decided you two you two do your three six. Do you understand? And also if you are in this church, you know that all the pastors in this church, we are open to these conversations. So when you bring the conversation, we will assist you in the process. And if it's not a good thing, we will unassist you. Yeah. How many how many brothers here you have come to point a girl to us and we have told you, kill it, kill it, kill it. Don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And how many of you have also brought a sister and we are like, you better stay there, you better stay. Dr. Francis, say amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Francis was the one who brought Eunice to church and when she started coming and then he was like, and I said, you ain't going nowhere. This is it, you're staying here. She is the one today, tomorrow, forever and ever. Yeah. yeah. Don't look anywhere else. Yeah. So, sister, come and don't go to him and go and say, I think I like you. If I were the brother, I'll run away. Scary. Yeah. So, don't, don't. But come and see your pastors. They'll help you. Okay. Interesting question. The Bible, says, the Bible says, love never fails. So, how can we explain the thousands of broken marriages and homes? Um, that's agape love. God's love never fails. <laughs> It's not the love you are, talk, you are talking about. The love that never fails is God's love. That is why a three-fold cord cannot easily be broken. The cord must have God in it. All those broken heart, broken heart. The two of you, you never even prayed about the relationship. God was not in the center of the relationship. God was not around the relationship. God was not even consulted in the matter. That one, it will fail. Do you get it? So when the Bible said love never fails, it is the God kind of love that never fails. How do we know? Look at you and I. Till today, God still loves us. In spite of even what you did yesterday, this morning, how rude and obnoxious you were, God still loves you. He will forever love you. Nothing can change God's love for you. No sin, no evil, no mess up that you mess up will change God's love. God's love never fails. You might be, you might have to live the consequences of your sin, 
the consequences of your mistakes, but it will never shift God's love for you. God's love is not factored by anything. I can't be good enough for God's love, and you cannot be bad enough for God's love. That love never fails. Every other love, ask husbands and wives, don't tell you the truth. Wife will tell you the truth. Oh, it doesn't matter how much they love their wives and husbands. Sometimes their people are so annoying. Amen. Ring the bell. I don't know why. You see, that is why we confuse you people. Because sometimes, because we are not careful to explain to you that the nice marriage you see is filled with forgiveness, annoyance, irritation, joy, love, you know. I'm not talking now. Won't discuss this today. I don't want to hear about this now. Preach, Gloria, preach, Gloria, preach, Gloria, preach, Gloria. <laughs> yeah? All right. What should you do if, if you think God has revealed to you who the person is? I should, you know. God has revealed to you who the person is? I should, you know. Let me read the question again. What should you do if you think God revealed to you who the one is? Then tell God to reveal to them. Because this kind of question, God told me that I should marry you. God hasn't told me. So if God is the one speaking, please God, let her know. Yeah, because, you see, that thing is very intimidating because I'm a spiritual person. If you can't tell me that God has shown me you, in, God hasn't shown me. So brother or sister, let God, do, do you understand? So rather, pray and ask God to let that person also have the revelation. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Because maybe God has revealed somebody else to her or to him. That's why I always say that, pray that you are your type's type. This is not my type. It's not my type. It's not my type. Now you go and say, oh, this is my type. Then he too says, yeah, you are not my type. Pray that you are your type's type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are going to go now. And then how many of us will be here next week to continue? Next week, Reverend will also be here with me. And uh, Martha will be. Uh, we, what are we talking about next week? We still kiss, isn't it? What if you know that a brother in church likes you, but you know that he's not on the same spiritual level as you? What should you do? Brothers, can you get more and more spiritual, please? Eh? <laughs> brothers, him. brothers. The he's way to church on Friday. You should come to church on Friday. Yeah. And, and so please add add uh, weekday service to your this thing, and also uh, five thirty a.m. Join the prayer and fast this small, small. Sister, they are growing. They will, get they'll there. get there. You see, the reason why she, the person is asking a very intelligent question is that we are Christians. We, are, we live our lives by the word of God. The word of God tells us that in the home, we can't have two heads. We can only have one head. And the Bible says that the man is the head of the home. So if the man is not spiritual, he's the high priest of the home. And if he can't pray, hey, we are in trouble. As much as you as a wife, you can. What if he begins to backslide and he says, there's no more church? If you come to me, Pastor Gloria, my husband says we should stop church. I'll say, hey, pray about it, but you have to stop. My husband says, whatever. Because when it comes to marriage, your husband comes before your pastor. Your husband comes before your parents. And so if you think that you're not on the same spiritual level and you can't see a, a trajectory of it rising, sister, be careful. Otherwise, you live a life of, yes. You say, I'm going for church. I'm going for prayer meeting. And then you say that I want fried chicken. And I don't want the one frozen one. I want fresh chicken. And then you have to go to the shop. Go and catch live chicken. Go and cut it. Go and fry it. Go and... 
Yeah. Yeah. Does guarding your heart mean regulating how much love you allow to flow from it or who you allow to speak? Guarding your heart, does it mean that you have to regulate how much love comes out of your heart? To who? And uh, in or out, both. Yeah, but the thing is that that's what I just told you, that when we read the scripture in Matthew, that says that we should love the Lord with all our heart and everybody else. It is, you have to remember that when we talk about love, you have to categorize, categorize, categorize it. Eesh. So when it comes to agape love, which is the God kind of love, the love that God wants us to share abroad, you have to be generous with it across. When it comes to filial love, which is the love of friendship, yes, you may have to streamline it, those who are friends and how you relate with them and up to what level. When it comes to eros love, that is where you zero in on one, the one you marry. So it's not in and out, in and out, small, small, small. You don't share eros love. It's not for community. You don't give it small, 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 small. Do you understand? So when you are guarding your heart, you are guarding it at different levels and over different things, if that makes sense. Do you understand? There's a kind of love that you must generously give. The love that God has shown you, you show it to everybody. Do you understand? Then there's even parental love. That's where you care for people. You nurture people. Even that you can limit it because there are sometimes you go nurturing and then it can also bring broken heart and a lot of pain. Last, last one. Keep all the rest. If, we'll continue. Yeah, if it's out of the abundance of the heart, if out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, how do we clear out the heart, or how do we fill the heart with the things of God to push? Yeah. Things out? So, so it says that out, um, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, which means that fill your heart with the things that you want to come out of your mouth. So the more of the word of God you have, the more of good things you have there, the more good things will come out of your mouth. You see, the reason why some of us can still swear, can still, can still, is because of what is there. But you realize that when you begin to fill your heart with the word of God, you begin to fill your heart with the things of God, naturally, what will come out of your mouth will be a reflection of what you, I mean, it's like if you have, you are cleaning your kitchen or whatever, you take the sponge and what, when we take the sponge and we squeeze it, we should see soapy water. You understand? Yeah. And if the surface you are cleaning is clean, the water will be clean. If the surface you're cleaning is dirty, when do it? It will be dirty water. Do you get what I'm saying? So you have to cleanse your heart. And you see, the cleansing of the heart is not done in a day. It is a process and it is continual. Because anything you clean in a few hours, when you go and touch, there's still dust. There's still dirt. So we continually accum- accumulate dirt just by life. People will annoy you. The bus driver will annoy you. Somebody at work will annoy you. Your children will annoy you. So always we have to cleanse our heart. Your husband will annoy you. Your wife will annoy you. All of us, we annoy people. Right now I'm annoying somebody. But you have to just cleanse your heart. Rise up onto your feet. Rise up onto your feet.